What up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Black Content Corner. It's your boy Q on Too Smart Network. We are here providing you culture for the culture. Uh, we have a brand new podcast on the network. We wanted to uh, enlighten some people out there. We, we know there's a lot going on in the world. Um, and we wanted to kind of share some knowledge, share some positivity, and, um, you know, just share everything that's beautiful within the black community. So uh, with that, I want to introduce you to your host. Uh, Kenny B, how you doing? I'm making it. I'm doing the best that I can. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you're one of Memphis's finest, like myself. Uh, just so y'all know about this. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I don't know if they're ready for all that yet. Uh, we, neither one of us live in Memphis. Uh, you are in Philly for the Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Not born and raised. No, I'm not in West Philly. No, I have not seen McMeal. No, I have not seen Will Smith. <laughs> Those are the frequent uh, outsider questions. Yes, and I don't eat cheese sticks on the regular. I miss hot wings. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's sort of like a real Memphis thing is hot wings, right? Yes, a good decent wing yeah. I haven't had in about almost five years. Listen, I live in Arizona. Uh, where seven percent of the state is black, uh, there ain't no good hot wings out here. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, but why don't you tell people why we're here? Let's uh, let's let's give them a little bit of the premise of the show. Um, actually, you know what? Before we do that, I do want to say um, th- there's a lot going on out out in the world, and uh, you know the black community is you know really fighting for our our freedom our lives uh and i know that may sound like hyperbole but um that's the way a lot of us feel um every single person at this network is black um it you know that we really um you know until now you know you're our first black female which you know i could not wait to bring you aboard um because we want to reach out to that to to black females to black people so black women uh, of course black women number one um my bad you see the to my (laughs) let me let me change my terminology um but uh with with all that's going on in the world we feel like that that there's some important things that that we want to talk about on this show um and really on, on a lot of our shows um you'll hear different conversations about it but um there's a lot of people that need support and need help. Um, you and I were kind of talking about, uh, I paid, or excuse me, I donated to bail funds this over the weekend, my wife and I did. Um, and it was in lieu of me not being able to join any of the protests um, and how important it is to make sure that people know to donate uh, because it does help, it, it, it does work. Yeah, so I think one thing to know about me especially if you're going to listen to this podcast i'm pretty uh, a left-leaning girl and i in in the city of philadelphia i actually i have a full-time job i'm in finance but i'm also which is i, I feel so weird calling myself an organizer um but i also organize with a couple of 
um, organizations in Philadelphia, one that does deal with um, bailing people out. And I'm on this journey of becoming an abolitionist. And with that, it means that I believe in abolishing all jails and prisons. And I know that sounds crazy. So it sounds crazy to a lot of people. A lot of um, the first um, rebuttal I get is, well, what about murderers and child molesters? And um, <laughs> that there are plenty of people, especially this time, it's a Me Too movement, especially when, it, when people talk about like child predators. A lot of people that do that are within families and people don't even want to, you know, out that family member or the person that has harmed them in that way. So it's not like the prison system is changing or making positive strides to um, reducing crime against women, children, or anybody. There's nothing positive that comes out of the prison system. So not only do I think it's important, and I'm very happy that this wave is um, of defunding police is going on right now, but I'm also hoping in the future that we can abolish the prison system completely. Now, in these situations, it is hard for me. I'm a black woman. I'm super pro-black. I'm all about black women. So it is hard, especially when you see these stories like Breonna Taylor, and Nina Pop, where we see the violence um, against black women that often get overshadowed when a black male gets um, killed by the state. So I think that it is important that, at least with me on uh, my journey to becoming, uh, I say I'm an abolitionist, and even in these times for me to even be vocal that I struggle with uh, being an abolitionist and using that term and then having to see, you know, my brothers and sisters get killed by the state. And oftentimes when I see black women, uh, which when I say women, it includes um, femme, trans women as well. Because trans women are women. And if you don't believe that, this is not the podcast for you. So with that, Agreed. I do want to take the time to say, you know, rest in power to Breonna Taylor George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Tony McDade, Nina Pop, and David McAtee. They were all killed during the past three months that we've been going, um, not only dealing with coronavirus, but now dealing with um, the revolution that has come upon us, which I'm very proud of. I'm in Philadelphia, you know, we've been protesting currently under curfew. At 6 p.m., which is hard. A lot of people have been getting arrested. We've been trying to bail people out as quickly as we can. But, you know, I'm, you know, out on the front lines. Um, if you're not able to, it is completely okay. Because everybody can't fight the same fight. We have to come at it at different ways. So, you know, it's hard right now. But, you know what? We're black. We've overcome so many obstacles. And we will go overcome this. And so, I know everybody's upset. But hopefully this podcast is a way to, for you to escape a little bit. We're going to talk about black content through different forms. From music, TV, movies, books. 
I know there are a lot of uh, people sharing information about documentaries to watch, books to read. Now, I will say, some of it is kind of um, trauma porn. And I hate to say that because this, I've stopped watching videos of our people getting killed because that's trauma porn. And I think right now, I think it is okay to watch um, the recommendations that people have. But people are so triggered right now. I just don't think this is the time. But if you have the capacity to watch it, by all means, watch 13 and when they see us on Netflix. Like, that's very important. One more thing I did forget. There was a story that I saw today I wanted to highlight as well. Um, there was a, a, a trans woman in Minneapolis, I believe, that was, oh no, St. Paul, Minnesota, that was attacked. Her name was Ayana Dior. She was attacked by black cisgender men. And let me tell you something, that shit got to stop completely if you are out here on these streets and you claim that you pro-black and you all about black people you have to include trans black women you have to include people that are part of the lgbtq plus community that's that on that i don't understand how and i really i will be honest i am hard on cis black men because i'm one of i feel like know what to say i just feel like i know that black men do have it hard and they sometimes i feel like they just want the spotlight on them and cue by means chime in because you are a cisgender black man <laughs> and also if anyone you know these terms that i'm using cisgender is when you identify with with the sex that you were assigned with at birth that's what cisgender mean i don't want to use these terms in everyone not kind of be on the same page i did not know that uh so thank you um no problem so one thing about me um i actually used to bartend at a gay bar in fayetteville arkansas um and i've 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 had like a some of my best friends growing up were, were um lgbtq um you know, so it's never been anything I've ever questioned as far as how to judge someone or, or, or you know, it's never been an issue for me. So and I worked at, the, at this uh, at this bar and, and I tell you, I had the time of my life, mm -hmm. but I, I legitimately don't get the disconnect of how men can look at, you know, even if you don't agree with that community, with the LGBTQ community, I mean, it is Pride Month, you know how anyone can disagree that you know hey they're not pro-black or they're 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 killing the uh what is it they're killing the the, the genes or whatever women. yeah so no 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 i'm just saying that they're you know they're not carrying on the legacy of black people. oh like limiting the population right yeah 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 so um i i don't get that line of thinking it, it it's almost as bad as like you know i don't understand how people can be you know staunchly racist against black people for no reason it's the same line of thinking to me yeah and so like this to for me i want this podcast to not only be a safe space for all black people but also like a way i mean you can't always escape in these times but you know just like a a bright spot in your day 
So what I want to um, flow into, which kind of is um, relevant to what's going on today, and this TV show will always be relevant, and it's a different world. And I, and when I saw like on social media, I'm pretty sure everyone has had like people just shooting out their feelings, going back and forth, saying all types of things. And I was like, let me find these episodes of A Different World. So it was season six, episode one and two. It was after Dwayne and Whitley got married and they were on their honeymoon in LA and they got stuck in the LA riots. And so, um, in the scene, so the, it, the episodes kind of go back and forth. I think it's like the beginning of the semester at Hillman. And so everyone's kind of coming back. It's like day one. And this season six has like Jada Pinkett and all the younger people too. So that's Dwayne is working as a, as a teacher. And we, everyone's out of school. The original cast. We have the new people in. And during those... Um, while Dwayne and Whitley are telling the story, you come back to the group. So you have Kim, um, Freddie, Whitley, all the younger people that are sitting around and they're discussing the riots. And it's literally probably what you see on like your Facebook and Instagram. Because, you know, Kim's dad was a cop, so she thinks all cops are not bad. And then you have Jada, her character was Lena. Lena was like super pro-black and like burning shit down. Like, you know, I don't care what you have to do. And then you have Whitley, who had, like, the privileged background and didn't really understand. She had the um, run-in with white people when she was uh, in the riots because the white people were the ones that were looting. And they were talking bad about black people while they were looting. (laughs) (laughs) And and Dwayne had a run-in with the police officers. They kind of made that, like, comedy uh, comedic relief because... Gilbert Godfrey, I think that's his name. He was the police officer that was dealing with Dwayne, so it wasn't as like uh, tense as it would be in real life. So, if it's not going to trigger you, by all means, I think. Well, I think the uh, the conversation as a whole. I think we've gotten past it. I think more people have been radicalized over the recent years. So some of the stuff that you would hear, you'd be like, "Fuck that shit! I don't want to hear that." So, but it's all the different sides of what. You know, of black people's experience growing up. So I think that's definitely two episodes to watch on a different road. Actually, watch the whole series, but... That's what I was just going to say. Like, <laughs> if 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 y'all can do the younger generation a favor, maybe show high school kids this, I guarantee you our, our HBCU population will increase immediately. Bring back that, and what was it, Baldwin Hills or whatever? Uh, what, what was the show on BET that was... Uh, you talking about, about College Hill. HBCU? College Hill, that's it. Bring those two things back, and I guarantee you the the attendance at those schools will rise. Definitely. Um, also, for so a bit of escapism that I was doing, um, been doing lately, I've been trying to work out more. So I wanted to share some YouTube channels that I was watching. So they're all fitness, by the way. But if you want to get your workout on and you want to support black youtube uh creators i've been working out to kiera lachey she does like 30 minute to an hour videos um over since we've been in quarantine i think she works out sunday tuesday thursday and saturday it's every other day 
Um, and it's K-E-A-I-R-A-L-A-S-H-A-E. You can find her on Instagram. I think she does her um, workouts live on IG Live as well. My second one is Afri Fitness. I believe she is in London. I know she has an accent. I'm not good with accents, but I'm pretty sure that's an English one. That's A-F-R-I-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. Her videos are short. They're like 30 minutes at the most, but I'll be about to die at the end. I really don't like her until after the video ends. And then my last one is a yoga video. She goes by Yoga by Biola. And but her name is Abiola Abiola Akani. A-B-I-O-L-A A-K-A-N-N-I. So I'm also looking for like black meditation channels. I can't really I'm having a hard time because I'm not I'm not sure what to search for, but hopefully I can find some and share that with you all um later. Another show that I watch, I binge watched both seasons of this show. I saw it's on Amazon Prime. In a different world, it's also on Amazon Prime, by the way. But they've been advertising this show with Janelle Monae. It's called Homecoming. And I started, I was like, eh. I saw the first season had Julia Roberts. And I was like, I'm just going to skip to the second season. But after the first episode of the second season, I was like, I'm going to have to watch season one, two. But there is Stephen James is in both seasons. He's um, a core character in both seasons. He is, he was funny in If Bill Street Can Talk. He was also um, Jesse Owens in, I think the autobiography was Jesse. I think that's what it was called. But he's one of the main characters in both seasons. It is very slow. I'll say that. And it dips into like a conspiracy type of thing with the military. So if that sounds like that's up your alley, go for it. To me, like season one, it didn't it, it didn't hit the climax until like episode eight, and there are ten episodes in the season. See, like, I'm always out on shows <laughs> like that. If you if you you got to get me early. If you don't get me early, I'm gone. This show is not going to get you early. Now, if you want to support Janelle, you're going to have to watch the first season to kind of understand what's going on. I mean, I didn't hate it. I also didn't love it. But it's an option. And it we all love Janelle Monet. Stephen James is great as well. I love him. And his brother is Sham- Shamir Anderson, I think. His brother's an actor as well who is fine. But anyways, I want to move on because I cannot wait. I've been waiting to talk about Insecure. This episode was right on time. Oh, mm-hmm. low-key happy. Just cheesing and grinning the whole episode. My heart couldn't take it. Uh, it was about to explode. So the big deal about low-key happy is we have Issa and Lawrence reunite and have a very much needed grown up conversation about their relationship. I think, I honestly think they had to break up. 
Lawrence and Issa had to break up to get to where they are now. They both were in a bad space individually and together even worse. So I think and and they their growth happened so quickly after because it's only been a year since they've been apart. So the growth happened so quickly. I just really do feel like that they were holding each other back. Now, and I was happy to see Calvin. He came up, made his appearance. I wanted to see him a little bit longer in this in the season, but it's okay. Um, one thing I think I'm not sure, especially by the end of the episode. First of all, let me say, Lawrence and Issa, Lawrence and Issa said they lived around the corner from each other. Issa, I swear, that was like a three mile walk. She was walking, right? Walking and walking. I said, right. And she was in a good mood. I mean, after you get some good pain, I guess you just up for <laughs> a marathon. Walking distance ain't, ain't ain't that you know it extends a little bit you know. Uh, and she did it in heel. She was walking up an incline. I said, no, ma'am. Lawrence would have been taking me home. <laughs> One theory that I did see on social media, though, and I saw this from a few people. Some people think that Condola is pregnant. I hope I've seen that theory true. as well. <laughs> My wife said that. No, that's not what I want to happen. I thought it was just that she wanted some sex too. I didn't understand what was going because that can you come? I know we said we're gonna meet on Tuesday. Can you come tonight? It was already night. This whole episode was the nighttime, right? So it was increasingly getting later and later. You ain't hit nobody up like that that late. And, and I she feel like, like it seemed like she canceled plans or something. You know what I mean? Like something abruptly. I don't think it's pregnancy. I don't think it's pregnancy either. I just couldn't understand why she kept popping. Like when she called after he Lawrence already told her that he was doing something. Like, girl, if you don't move, like you got friends, call them. Talk to them. Unless she had a feeling that maybe he was with Issa. I don't know. Because that's a, a, a sore spot for her anyways. And I do think that Condola was the catalyst for Lawrence to reach out to Issa. When she asked him would they, if Issa hadn't cheated, would they still be together? And I think Lawrence really thought about that. And that's what pushed him to reach out to Issa. So I... Um, I'm not sure if I want Issa and Lawrence back together. I didn't come out. like I, It felt really good. We see why they were together for so long. Because he's just as awkward as Issa is. And they just can feed off each other. But I, I've, I like seeing Issa date other people. And I've liked seeing Lawrence date other people. Because I do also feel like that's another way we see their growth, just outside of like professionally. So I'm I'm on the fence, as you know. When it like when it comes to Molly and Andrew, I think that's dead. That's not um, gonna make it far. Because I feel like I agree. All we see from them is them like having sex, and that's it. Even with and we can go back to the episode prior with Loki tripping. When Molly and Andrew go on um, vacation with Andrew's brother. Which also brought up race. 
which was whoo I meant to watch the episode again because I wanted to be like very critical and pay really close attention to that whole it was kind of like a POC versus black perspective kind of thing going on which is a thing 100% and the fact that they were Asian even more uh, yes relevant because the Asian people do get discriminated against but I just always feel like in every culture the darker you are the worse you're treated that's just a black experience globally even with darker Asians you don't see them like that you know prominently so and and Andrew's brother was the he's those type of people that I hate which is the person that wanted to play devil's advocate. Cause, the ooh. worst. <laughs> the worst. I don't need you to play devil's advocate in every situation. You know, th- sometimes there's no middle ground. And Molly is grown. As much as you know, we don't really care for Molly this season. Like, if she felt some type of way, you go with how she felt. Right. No questions asked. And for his brother to keep pushing and prying and be like, I, well, I get discriminated against too. We don't want to go through. Because the first thing I thought about was I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the oppression Olympics up in here. And as soon as Molly was like, she said she used y'all. And, of course, that offends Andrew and the sister-in-law. And like, oh, well, we're not all like that. And it's like, oh. And I felt bad for Molly because as, even though Andrew is her boyfriend, it still was three against one. Because right. those experiences are different. And right. I don't, and I did not like that Andrew spoke to his brother. Well, he could have spoken to his brother separately to squash it, but his brother definitely should have apologized to Molly. Let him off the hook. Yes. And shout out to Kim Fields because she was in that episode. Very, I, I love how they drop people <coughs> in every episode. Let me let me ask you something. Um, do you listen to uh, the Jamel Hill podcast? <laughs> if you don't, you <laughs> no. should. Um, so she actually had Jay Ellis on one episode, and then she had who plays Lawrence, and she had Natasha Rothwell who plays Kelly on another episode. Oh, and shout out to her because she wrote the last episode. She wrote it, mm-hmm. and and Lawrence produced that last episode. Or sorry, Jay Ellis produced that last episode, and he directed so, Loki Trippin. Yeah, so uh, Insecure has been like a factory for black writers Natasha Rothwell just got a show greenlit for um, Netflix so I can't can't stress enough how impressed I am week to week by how good the writing and the production and the music this show is completely perfect I'm actually going to bring up it's a I'm not sure it's the full soundtrack I found I listened to the title uh, that's where I stream my music but I'm going to bring up a song that's on the soundtrack a little bit later um okay the next show that I plan on watching is it's called Blood and Water it's on Netflix I think so Netflix has been putting a lot of 
South African movie movies and shows, and I think Nigerian movies and shows too. So I'm trying to dip into that. I also want to shout out Queen Sono. That's from South Africa. I don't remember the um, the cast name, but it was a really good show. It's a black uh, woman. She's a spy, and it's just one season. So. It, that show was really good. So, also put add that on your list if you haven't seen it yet. Um, when it comes to movies, I've been um, been watching some throwbacks. First of all, so whenever I'm down and feeling blue, I go to Netflix and I click on Beyonce's Homecoming. Just brings up my mood. It's my it, it's it's a spirit lifter for me. Of course, that's, I think what people need to realize, so the things that Beyonce does now is just super black as fuck. And I remember seeing Homecoming or Beachella for the first time, and I thought I was going to cry. I had to hold it together because I was in front of my mama. I didn't want her to judge me to be crying. You going to acknowledge that, uh, that, that the be- Beehive is on fire right now? Look, <laughs> I... <laughs> We are definitely going to talk about cancel culture because it is probably at its peak from this week. But I know that, and and so, okay, so on my social media, it is a lot of Memphis, Nashville people. So I saw this person that's from Nashville make this uh, post. I think they called themselves trying to call Beyonce because they said she was being quiet. And um, they used, they said that Taylor Swift, because she put a, t- a tweet out talking to Donald Trump, saying he was racist or whatever. They said that, you know, Taylor Swift is invited to the cookout, and, oh, she's so great, and y'all beloved Beyonce ain't said nothing. (coughs) Of course, I'm not going to say it went viral, but he got dragged in those comments. Let me tell you something. You can uplift all the people that you want to but do not use a black don't put a black woman down to lift someone up especially a white woman that does the bare minimum she does less than the bare minimum at the absolute i mean the white supremacists love taylor swift and when people were accusing her of being like the queen of the white supremacists she was sending out cease and desist letters to them she didn't come out and denounce racism then she was telling people that were accusing her to shut the fuck up so don't ever one don't ever compare taylor swift and beyonce because beyonce does the work beyonce does work behind the scenes if it wasn't for other people we wouldn't know exactly what she does and she probably would get dragged but they probably like let little stuff out so that we know that beyonce and jay-z actually you know putting in the in work so you know if there are any beyonce haters also this is not the podcast for you because i am beehive (laughs) (laughs) i am beehive i love pro black beyonce everything since lemonade has just been top notch to me she came out she put her little video out the other day she put stuff out on her website that's my girl, Bo Life. So, 
make sure you watch Beyonce Homecoming. And I'm pretty sure we all watched it multiple times, but watch it again. Um, speaking of Issa Rae, Lovebirds came out May 22nd on Netflix. I did see that it made it to the top 10 on Netflix. I don't think it made it to number one. Um, I do think that whenever we have movies that have black leads or PLCs, because her her co-star was Pakistani, right? Yep. Yep. Um, that white people tend to not watch, you know, movies that have black or POC leads. Don't know why. I guess they feel like it's not for them, which is weird. But The Lovebirds came out. I think it was it was a cute movie, a romantic comedy. Um, had a lot of hijinks. I don't expect to, like, have, like, good busting laughs. But it's cute, and I think it's something that we should watch. Support Issa Rae. Support everything that she does. Did you watch it's it? It's worth your time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Watch uh, it. Yeah. It, it's worth your time. I mean, they don't really make rom-coms like that, you know, especially in our community. Um, and I thought it was well done. But let me ask you, do you know white people that watch, like, how many, what percentage of the white population do you think watches black TV? Like, with no white people in it? Hmm. It, it's got to be small. It's got to be like 1%. 1%. Because I know that white people watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. But when that show started, there was one white person. But reality TV is different. People will watch reality TV. I'm talking about A lot about of white like people don't insecure. watch like Love and Hip Hop. I'm talking about anything right. yeah, with I'm, mainly black people. White people do not watch it. Yeah. I agree with that. I've also been dipping into the 90s movies. Um, One of the greats, I watch The Wood. It's on Amazon Prime. I feel like this movie does not get enough um, hype. And I, because it's like, it's up there. It's hilarious. It's funny every single time. Everybody in the movie is great. And because I've been meaning, I need to go back and watch Love and Basketball. I want to watch all the like hyped up 90s black movies. I've seen that debate. Yeah, I've seen people say like it's it's problematic or something like that. And like, I know Baby Boy is problematic and I know it's going to be, I'm going to have a hard time <laughs> watching Baby why? Boy. What, why? Why? Baby Boy? Jody that, was trash. Baby Boy. Look. <laughs> That was the, if you talk about representing that time, uh, a movie that represented black, like, uh, like a lot of black, the black experience at that time, baby boy. I hope not. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about everybody, but it wasn't unfamiliar. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, I don't know what I'd say boys in the hood was more unfamiliar than, than baby boy was to the black community. Wouldn't you say? (laughs) I mean, anything West coast is unfamiliar because. I just, that's a, yeah. a sect of the black culture that I know nothing about. All I knew was like watching movies. Because let me tell you, it's bad to say I was scared of California when I was growing up. Because I was like. But the 90s was like that though. Yeah. Like rightfully so. 
I'm like, oh my God, what if I'm in the wrong neighborhood with some blue or some red on? I'm going to get shot. Like, that's that's how I feel. And a, a sensitive young eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched Soul Food. That's on Hulu. And wow. I Because a lot of these movies I haven't seen as like an adult in like this, in the, in the thought process I have now. And... Let me just say that Faith, cousin Faith, who fucked the family, she would have called hands every time I saw her. <laughs> every time. I don't know why Miles invited Faith at the end. I don't know why he, not Miles, because that was the uncle. I don't know why Miles was invited at the end. I'm pretty sure Terry was going to divorce him. He had no business being at Big Mama's house. I feel like um, Burr and Liam should not have been married. Just based off the first two minutes of the movie. I just... That's how I feel. And, um... Uh. I want to say, Terry holding on. Possibly, I feel like, still kind of in love with her brother-in-law. Because she was just so jealous of the relationship that her sister and her husband had. He was a lot. But so full, it does stand the test of time. Even with all this. I think I think almost all of the black movies from the 90s still... I mean, maybe not Boys in the... Like, no, boy, it, like they all stand... Like, you can watch black movies from the 90s and it's still relevant, still, like, interesting, still, like, higher learning. All that, that stuff is still good today. Except for, like, you can't really... The, the gang violence just isn't today what it was in the 90s, like... <laughs> you know at all but other than that my favorite west coast gang movie is south central all of all time i don't know why that's just always been my favorite out of all of them wasn't blood in blood out in california i can't remember i don't know what that is oh my god (laughs) okay yeah i'll google i'm sorry y'all yeah go go watch blood in blood out Paid in full. I, I do. Uh, know. I mean, so blood. So I, I don't blame you for blood in, blood out. That's more like Hispanic, uh, you know. But it's it's if from that era, it's a very good uh, gangster prison movie. Oh, I see this. Okay, ninety three. Mhm. Great mm-hmm. year. We'll see. Uh, the last movie that I watched <laughs> that. Um, I feel like it's it's cute, campy. It's a zombie movie. It's called Little Monsters, but it stars Lupita Nyong'o. I was very surprised. An- another movie, don't expect too much out of it. I just it was funny because one, I did expect Lupita to be in this type of movie, like a comedic side sat satire type of movie. And she's like a soup. She's a kindergarten teacher, and her class is out on a field trip while this zombie apocalypse is happening. So she's like single-handedly, like trying to protect her kindergarten class. So it's cute. Give it a try. Um, I think I'm gonna move on to music. So, <clears throat> like we said earlier, a lot of us are going through it so i want to to 
mention some songs that I've listened to that kind of, because my brain has been on 10,000 and it's just been like tense. So one song that I really love listening to and that's just I really love his voice is Donnie Hathaway to be young, gifted, and black. It is amazing. Google if you have to. Um, like I said, I listen to my music on title. It's on there. He has a lot of, because um, he was out in the 70s. I think this came out like 71, 72. And he has like a, a few pro-black songs to listen to. So give that a spin. Uh, Janae Aiko. This isn't necessarily a song song, but it's the trigger protection mantra. It has singing bowls and she's singing. She says like, calm down over and over again she said some other stuff but like i know like when i have a lot of my mind I, i'll put that on when i'm getting ready to go to sleep just so i can like breathe and try to clear my mind the best that i can so that's janae Aiko, trigger protection mantra and I'm, i got something to tell you what so i for what you're describing i think janae Aiko is perfect for overall <laughs> I think Janae is kind of overrated. Overrated? No. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I have to rush to listen to like her new stuff because I listen to her new stuff and I'm just like, meh. It's it's oh it's good. It's just it's good, but it's perfect for like wanting to chill and like have a have a slow vibe, and I love it for that. But I don't overall love Janae. Voice is average. I like Janae because she gives me, like, we discussed Kaylani's last album, and I wasn't too um, enthusiastic because I need an upbeat song. Janae gives me upbeat. She gives you ratchet. She can give you, I'm woke and on a different spirit path or whatever. She can give you all of that. That's why I can fool with Janae. Now, I will say, I thought Janae had an average voice but if you listen to um when her and big sean um well together they're 2088 their album she was singing on that album Did that's true that's fair she was singing i can't think of the song the one that has jodeci on it i cannot think of what this song's called i can hear it in my mind but i can't think of the title she was singing on there and that's why I have a little bit more respect. I love 2088. I love Big Sean because now he's being all super spiritual now. I can't wait to hit for his new stuff. Um, I can't wait to the, for the next 2088 album because that was really good. So I agree. they need to hurry up because they were supposed to Ben put out a project, but they I think they broke up. So now they're back together. Give me the music, please, and thank you. And also, before I even move on, Wale sue me now. Listen to that. It's on the last from the last album, and he was also out marching at the protest in LA. Wale's my favorite, so um, that's bad, and I'm um, very happy happy that he is a part of the movement. I think he's one of the voices of, you know, being pro-black. So, give that song a spin. Uh, also, Solange. We have to go to the other Noel sister. Also, stand for Solange. If you don't stand for Solange, I feel like something's wrong with you. 
But also, I like, I like listening Solange. to Cranes in the Sky. I listen to that on repeat. One of my favorites. And I'm a Witness. Love both those songs. And Don't Touch My Hair is one of my favorites. Oh, definitely. I saw the title of that. I was like, Solange, you see me. You see me. As two people with, with curly hair, uh, yeah, that's that's like the thing to please don't do white people. That and, and some black people too because I had somebody, the last person that put their hands in my hair was a black woman. And I, I was at work, so I couldn't react the way I wanted to. But I want to cuss her out. I'm mean, not I talk about she put all ten fingers in my head. Oh no! Yes, yeah, she walked up behind me and put all because I had my hair straight. Actually, I had a sew in, I had weave, and normally I wear my hair. I wear all styles, but I don't wear weave. I wear weave when I'm just absolutely tired. And that's one of those times. And I had a sew in. And so I think she just saw my hair was straight and was like, let me see if I feel tracks. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> but I was like, mm. we should also talk about, <laughs> we do need to talk about race and workplace because I do have another wild story about, especially being here in Philadelphia. But. Oh, we also need to celebrate. I guess this is going to be the Noel sister episode. So, Megan Thee Stallion got her first number one. Woo, burr, 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 burr. Woo, 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 woo. Featuring Beyonce. Um, this means that Beyonce get, has a number one in every decade since the 90s, I believe. If you include Destiny's Child. So, she up there with Mariah Carey. Beehive Unite. Yeah, we excited. Megan, this is her first number one on the Savage Remix. Very excited for her. Even though I think it kind of comes off of the whole Doja Cat stuff. Because Doja Cat was number one and that went down. But oh well, boo-hoo. Um, and the last song that I want to mention um, that I said that comes from the Insecure um, soundtrack and I also, every episode, I want to include a female rapper because there are a ton of them out there. And I feel like everyone doesn't really get their shine and do because I think, unfortunately, you have to have a certain look. And here, we want to give all the ladies a shine. So, it's from Juicy Fruit. It's spelled J-U-C-E-E-F-R-O-O-T. And the song's called Eat Itself. And it says, you know, it ain't gonna eat itself and it ain't gonna beat itself. So, if you know what I mean. So, shout out to Juicy Fruit. She has another song called Sidewalk that I like. Give her a listen. She, uh, she's pretty good from the, the songs that I've heard. But, um, that's it I have. That's all that I've been. So, that pretty much wraps up the show. I What I would like to do to end the show, I like to highlight black women, especially on my social media um, platforms. And I usually title it Black Women Make History Too. Um, for the most part, I, I talk about black women every day during Black History Month. And for this episode, I want to wrap it up with Fannie Lou Hamer. She's from Mississippi. 
She volunteered for the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, also known as SNCC. She was um, in charge of organizing the voter registration drives in Mississippi during the 60s, where she and the other people that she worked with, she lost her, her job on a plantation. She'd been brutally beaten. She had a hysterectomy that she was unaware of, which they, which was a common practice in Mississippi in the uh, 60s in order to prevent women from having, black women from having black children, which is one reason that really pushed her to be an organi organizer. She also, one of her important speeches happened at the Democratic National Committee's credentials panel in 1964 where she tried to challenge an all-white Democratic dele delegation. And she was so powerful that Lyndon B. Johnson didn't even want her testimony to be on television. And mind you, Martin Luther King was testifying as well but he was more concerned about what Fannie Lou Hamer was going to say because he knew that from her perspective you know as a person coming from a plant that worked on a plantation and was like an everyday person that she her voice and her testimony would resonate with a lot of people and so I want to end this episode with one of her quotes one of my favorite quotes of Fannie Lou Hamer edits when I liberate myself I liberate others if you don't speak out ain't nobody gonna going to speak out for you so this is the first episode of the black content corner hope to see you guys next week peace oh wait let me see I need to stop it <laughs>